Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Kayla McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. Hey everybody, it's Austin Cook and I am joined by my my Caleb, my co-host Caleb McLemore. I'm leaving that in. And this is a new episode of the Internet World Order podcast. Today, we are going to be exploring a cult classic film from one of my favorite superheroes of all time. You may not have seen this one coming, at least not so early. But we're talking about Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, that is. That might be the best way to sum that up. Of You didn't think we would cover this so early. Of like, I feel like it'd be one of the movies of like, oh, we're reaching the end when you're pulling this out. It's like, nope, because both of us love Nicolas Cage. And dang it, we're going to cover one of his movies. <laughs> and we're not. I don't I don't think we're going to do Spirit of Vengeance, but <laughs> we are going to do this one because this movie it is what it is. Um, it's a movie. <laughs> it's it's definitely a movie. I'll, I'll give it that. There's a lot of talent involved in this movie that might surprise you sometimes because you're looking at a cast of not only Nicolas Cage, who has an Academy Award, by the way. I feel like people forget this. It's easy to forget with some of the unfortunate choices he's made with movies. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think he just loves movies. I, I got to say, I, I feel like that's my my reasoning for that is just he loves the movie so much, but this movie has Peter Fonda and Sam Elliott, Wes Bentley in an earlier role of his and Eva Mendez, who I love Eva Mendez. Same. <laughs> I, as a kid, I was, when I watched this movie, I was like, I like her. I don't know why, but I like, her. I was like 11. Give me, cut me some slack, but <laughs> well, and you can cut me less slack. Cause I was 16. I was like, Besides my love for Nicolas Cage, I'm watching this solely for Eva Mendes. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. She is, she's awesome. She's Eva Mendes. And th- this was an interesting period in her career because there was this movie. This was 2007. So this was a year before Iron Man and Dark Knight and like the golden age of superhero movies. Because like before this, we really had like very comic booky, like aggressively comic booky level movies one of them being daredevil Mm -hmm. and catwoman and electra and yeah i forgot about that one for a second (laughs) there's a reason you do i know i know but not not making fun of it i just it's part of its time period and it should be viewed that way there's also batman versus robin who i mean what else is there to say (laughs) <laughs> or Batman yeah. and Robin, not Batman versus Robin. That's actually kind of a decent animated movie. But <laughs> we have this weird transition period where Batman Begins had already come out. It was 2005, and obviously it was a huge hit. Everyone loved it for the most part. They were like, all right, let's go. Uh, I'm excited. And we got you know hinted at that we're going to get a new Joker. And a new Joker is always a special occasion. We started off with Cesar Romero, who 
was really good, especially for the time period that he was portraying back in like the Silver Age and like, you know, the, like the Adam West comic book series. I think he's a good Joker. That's just my opinion. I, I don't know how you for, feel, Caleb. Well, no, for what it it's one of those things of like when you understand like what he was doing and also just when you keep in mind that the Adam West TV show actually saved Batman as a comic because DC was actually about to cancel the character because yeah. it wasn't selling. So it gives you a lot more respect for those characters of knowing they wouldn't be around right now if it wasn't for those goofy guys. Yeah. And it was funny because this we this Joker had like you could see his mustache because he refused to shave his mustache. So you could see it under his paint. I love that. But like that's, <laughs> that's the same spirit of like comics would fluctuate so much between like like the 80s were the 80s, I think, were some of the best times for comics because you had well, number one crisis on infinite earths. <laughs> you had like the dark comics, but you also had like the bright comics. Like we started to get what the X-Men was the nineties though. Right. Well, with Jim Lee and stuff, but they still had stuff in the eighties as well. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But with those superheroes, you know, like teen Titans, X-Men, Spider-Man, a lot of like these different comics, like you still had the hopeful inspiring, like primary color comics, but in 1970s, I, I want to say 1972, like 1980s, like this era. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, again, I'm I'm not a fact based. Like you know, we're a podcast. I, <laughs> <laughs> we got Spirits of Vengeance, and that's where we got Ghost Rider, who was a darker, more serious character that people could watch and go, "Oh, like this is interesting." Like I'm, adults would be able to look at it more and be like, "Oh, this is not just like something for kids. This is something that." Like I can read something that can captivate me and Ghost Rider's long been one of those characters, especially for a lot of people who are like, we need a movie for this character. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Uh, especially because as you, I mean, as comics kept going through the decades, you had people that started reading as kids that are now adults. So you needed people like Ghost Rider uh, or Daredevil or Punisher or, when Wolverine would be on a solo adventure that would have darker and not darker for the sake of dark, but just they're more like, they're more geared towards adults, which is fine. Yeah. And it just, it, it to Austin's point, it just led to this thing of people really wanted a movie series, something with Ghost Rider Cause of all the like darker heroes, he was amongst the most popular. And for obvious reasons, he just, design alone tells you why he sticks out yeah <laughs> he his design is amazing i i mean i'm sure a lot of people who will be listening to this podcast have probably seen the ghost rider movie because it's become such a cult like following and it's on netflix by the way for anyone who hasn't seen it and <laughs> they have it's basically like this leather jacket muscled out character with a skull for a head and it's on fire Yep. The edge. And yep. <laughs> it's amazing that the design has been consistent throughout probably the entire career. Like we've had Johnny blaze. We've had various different other like actual ghost writers. Like Johnny blaze is not the only one. Like he, he's right. arguably the most popular one, but I wouldn't say that he is the only one that people can see. Cause I, I believe, uh, I want to say that the TV show has a different ghostwriter. And I think it's Robbie Reyes. They did. Yeah, it's, it's Robbie Reyes, that. right? 
Yeah, they did that because that that one he was in a car instead of a bike, so mm-hmm. it was easier in terms of CGI. Yeah, to just do the car versus the flaming bike and flaming skull. So they kind of did that as a little cheat. But yeah, right. it's no different than uh, Ant Man or different than like the Green Lanterns. Yeah, of, there's the different ones, and people you have your original ones, like you have Hank Pym, you have Hal Jordan, but there's others that people connect to, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but of course, if you're gonna make a movie. You gotta, you gotta start off with the first one because he's the most well known. Yeah, I I think superhero movies at the time were still in the infancy stage of like not taking too many risks, which makes sense. And like nowadays, I would love to. I would actually think it'd be better to do a Robbie Reyes, just because I feel like I can, you know, like I'd like to see a different take on the character because I've seen what Johnny Blaze is like, and he's been prevalent throughout. I think it would be a little bit more interesting to have the Robbie Reyes character have more of a spotlight rather than just agents of shield. And also he's a, te- he's a Texas boy, isn't he? Like all the ghostwriters have the weird like connection of being from Texas. And <laughs> yeah. And we will talk about this in more detail and how the movie doesn't, you can tell they have no idea what the geography of Texas is actually like. Yeah. I was looking at it and I was like, I've been here a couple years and, that's not Texas. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more like they we can go ahead and mention it. Like I always laugh because growing up in Texas, especially out in West Texas, it's hilarious watching Hollywood try to portray the sit this, uh, the state because having desert, having Hills, having lots of green with blue bonnets and farmland, all of that is in the state. That is true. They're not all within two miles of each other. Yeah, that <laughs> you have to go at least seven hours to see different to, to, like topography, and, like Austin yeah. in particular. We're called Silicon Hills. Like we just have some hills, but we're not like the layout. And I, I think, well, the funny thing is that they filmed this in Australia. To, that to makes my so much more sense. They they filmed it in like I want to say like right outside of Melbourne, and that like i mean maybe for like tax reasons i guess they filmed there like australia is cool and like it it probably was good for the local industry but they're like this is texas and i'm like no it's not it no (laughs) you stop it right now first of all where are the confusing roadways where are those weird (laughs) north and south interstate things that you have to get on and if you don't get it on you have to drive another eight miles before you can turn around Right. No, you're not wrong. And, and it's just, and like I said, not even just that. Like, I gotta say, like, at the beginning of the movie, when they were doing, like, uh, basically, like, being in the circus out in, like, out in essentially West Texas in the desert, that wasn't super far off. It was a lot closer than I expected them to be. Yeah, that was the most Texas part of the whole movie. Right? So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in that. I, yeah (laughs) it's even with like with my limited understanding like obviously you've grown up here you have a better say about it than like my couple years of like exploring the annals of this state which it's gonna take a lot longer because this state is huge (laughs) like oh my gosh they the odds of them bumping into each other like when she asked for an interview i was like that's kind of weird like well the the state is huge and like I feel like she would have moved away from Texas at some point and then agreed coming back, which I, I think they kind of alluded to. So like, I mean, let, let's start over. Let's yeah. No, no. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just saying like, I'll say this though. 
part of like, well, I give him a little bit of a pass for the geography being all over the place is since Johnny Blaze is a touring act, I can kind of forgive it a little bit because I'm like, okay, he's touring. So yeah, the, you know, the areas should be different, but yeah, like to your point, we need to start from the beginning before people are just like, where are you right now? Yeah. People are going to get confused as I was when I watched the sequel to this movie. So, <laughs> Oh, the, there's a whole reason because it retcons itself out of existence. Right. <laughs> they have, <laughs> I'm going to laugh so much during this. I'm sorry, but Basically, the entire gist of this movie is the demon Mephistopheles, who pff, he's the devil. Come on. Well, it, it's a, one of the demon Mephistopheles has been around in like, I think he first started in like Dr. Faust. And so yeah. he's kind of a when you don't want to talk about Satan directly, you mm-hmm. use him as a stand in. Yeah, it, it makes sense because it, it kind of separates it from the Judeo Christian. Like you, you get a little bit different of a universe building around it rather than just like traditional. Like you can incorporate different elements by kind of like, oh, absolutely, because he's not <laughs> like he's not he, a defined character. So like you can kind of just make him how you want. Exactly, and he's basically Satan, but they yeah. avoid that, and <laughs> he has the bounty hunter, the Ghost Rider. So he basically makes a deal with a human mortal who like has skills that he was like, oh, you would make a great ghostwriter, which not sure how he gets that. He's like, oh, you can ride a bike. Good enough. You <laughs> you have a motorcycle or a horse, the horse, the horse. <laughs> like, I, I'm not really sure exactly what qualifies you to be a good ghostwriter. Except- I think he looks for someone who's in a really desperate situation. So they're, they'll, yeah, okay. they're in a, they're in a spot where they'll make a deal with anyone and they mm-hmm. won't read the, huh, as it is in today's world. We don't read the TOS. Yeah. Mephistopheles is basically Apple. In (laughs) in other words, they're like, why are you not reading the contract? And you're like, oops. They (laughs) They should have read it. (laughs) So because like, I'm just going to call him Satan, basically, like because (laughs) Mephisto can't like really set foot, like he can't directly impact the events of Earth. Like he's not allowed to be like physically manifested on earth. Like he can show up in like a soul or like spiritual sense, Mm -hmm. but he essentially is like banned from earth. Like they have a list of people who aren't allowed in the club and Mephisto is at the top. So he's like, Oh, well I need, you know, like if demons get out, get out, or if there's like a soul that needs to be brought back, he has the ghost rider, which is basically a bounty hunter, uh, with like a contract that he signs and yeah. it's usually in blood funny enough. So Always. Mephisto <laughs> basically preys on Johnny blaze who's 17 and his dad is like a stunt motorcycle rider in Texas. They're like traveling carnies and very quickly. Th- this all happens really fast. Like this- <laughs> that exposition is it's like what? Five they, minutes. They waste no time, which I kind of respect. They, he's like, oh, we're traveling carnies. And like Johnny Blaze is in love with this girl whose dad is like, hey, don't date this guy. He's going to bail carny. on you. Who, and his dad, like the the woman's dad was right. So <laughs> yeah, where's the lie? And Well, to be fair, when a demon gets involved. It's a little different than just him being a scumbag. Right. Like essentially he did the right thing, but like in the end she's like, 
come on, like a bad boy on a motorcycle who's like, let's run away together. Like, it's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. And I love it. It's amazing. But Roxanne, his girlfriend, who he essentially bails on out of fear of her getting hurt because he's made a contract. He finds out that his dad has cancer and that he's dying. Well, I, I think it's implied that it's cancer. Oh, it is because it said like it's it's spread further like the cancer has spread. Yeah, I, I think they refer to it later. But in the movie, they're like, he's dying. And I was like, it's cancer. It's yeah. got to be cancer. So they <laughs> have him sign a deal with the devil, which th- they didn't really make him sit on this for too long. They were like, he's like, hey, I'll save your dad. And he's like, all right, like, <laughs> like where do I yeah, sign? Well, well, first, he was kind of like just reading the contract. He's like, wait, really? And then before he was like, to be fair, Johnny was actually trying to read the contract, but then, you know, his thumb gets pricked and the blood falls and Mephistopheles is like, good enough for me. We're, we're gone. What? Do I need to read more of that? Nope. You're good. <laughs> I didn't say you could read it. That's <laughs> like, you can't really show it to your lawyer. It's like, Hey, some random guy showed up in my tent, offered me this contract. <laughs> oh, I know. That's Do you what, think it's I, legit? <laughs> oh, I know. But I just love that. That's very much a, like kind of a Satan move of like, if you find someone who's smart enough to actually read the contract, like, Oh, well you already signed it. No need to read the rest of it. Not for your eyes. Yeah. And like in a different movie, I feel like they would have explored like the loophole, like the twist at the end of the movie would have been like, Oh, but I didn't sign it willingly or something like that. So like he gets control of the power, but this is a different movie and it's amazing. So he signs the contract and the next, like the very next day, Like there was maybe like four hours between like him signing this contract and waking up and his dad's like spry as a young elk. And he's like, I feel great. I feel like I'm on top of the world. Like the doctors, like he already went to the doctor and the doctor yeah. cleared him. Like this was immediate. There was no time wasted. He was like, nope. Oh, like the doctor said he's never seen anything like it. I'm completely cancer free. And Johnny's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then his dad's like, I'm going to go do a jump now. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, that's where the cheesiness comes in. Because it's like. I think this movie's only like an hour 40. So it's like they had to constantly move fast to get to the like the point. Mm-hmm. And so it's like and you saw it coming a mile away. When Mephistopheles is like, yeah, it won't be the cancer that kills him. And everyone's like, okay, so how's he actually going to die? Yeah. And they might as well uh, have like Sam Raimi, like slam zoomed on his face as he winked, which is part of the there's tone a couple of, of slam movie. zooms in this. I, I'm aware, but <laughs> <laughs> they like, this is the point in the movie where it's like, you realize pretty quickly. You're like, there's a tone, but there's also multiple tones. And, and it's, they're conflicting it's, with your other. It's consistent and having conflicting tones, which is a really weird thing to say. But you can't say that it's inconsistent when it's consistent with how inconsistent it is. Yeah, that's Does that make, true. That makes sense because it knows what it's being. Like the weird thing about this movie is that it was made by a ghostwriter fan. Like the director of this film loves ghostwriter. I've looked up like interviews and when he like talked about promoting this movie he understands the character. So I think that it was just difficult creative process because you're like, what do we do? Like, what do yeah. we want this character to be? Like, are people ready for a super dark superhero movie? I mean, blade already Not came yet. out, but well, blade was also 
Blade also does kind of have some cheesiness to it when you go back and watch it. Yeah, it's made it in the late, you know, being made in the late nineties. Oh, it's it's so amazing. I think well, no, no, it's great, but that's why you always put respect on his name. Exactly. But um, I, th- I I don't know. It's it's one of those situations of I because I mean nowadays obviously it's been proven darker heroes, especially after the success of Logan. Mm-hmm. you can go full dark and people will jump on board with it as long as the story is good. Right. And, and the thing with Logan is that it's not so dark that it's like bleak to the point of being soul crushing. It's just, this is a mature graphic, like upsetting story, but it still tells an amazing story. And yeah, a lot of the problem with, I think these mid aughts superhero movies is that they wanted to be, they wanted to have the edge but also have like the fun side of it. And it was trying to find a balance of like, how do we stay true to the comics while also making audiences happy? And even audiences are like, we don't even really know what we want. So it's complicated. I agree. But I think as the Nolan trilogy would prove, and then the MCU would prove stick to what makes the character good, whether that's silly or whether that's dark mm-hmm. and just stick to it. But to your point, they did, they, they were struggling with that. And it does, with you saying how big of a fan the, the guy was uh, of the character, it kind of, because there's this huge debate over whether you should have mega fans writing movies for characters they like, because there's an argument to be made that their fandom will blind them to making a really good story. And that is possible. I, I think... Because you got to find the balance because like it's the same thing with Venom of like, you know, the director of that movie who he made Zombieland and I love Zombieland. But Venom is obviously like you can tell that it wasn't made by someone who is as familiar with the character as someone normally would be if they were like a huge fan. Like James Gunn, you can tell is a mega fan of the stuff that he makes. Like he specifically chose Guardians of the Galaxy because he loved them. And we got I'm, I'm, looking forward to suicide. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Suicide Squad since it's going to be his version. Exactly. I, I think it really just depends on where the studio is like, hey, these are the parameters that we want for you. And that's true. And you I, also I need think, the yeah. person. Yeah. And you also need the person to kind of like, I don't know, you need that balance. It's like you kind of need the uh, person that's like, okay, let's make the movie like this yeah. to help balance out the fan so that way they can work off, each, off of each other. So you don't end up going and well, so you don't, as we'll probably say uh, several more times as we break down this movie, you don't end up with a movie that has tones that are directly butting heads with each other. And they, instead of picking a lane, they ride the line and you don't know what's going on half the time. Yeah. It's confusing, but it's also weirdly endearing and not in the, in the way that I think was originally intended, but in a way that has this movie (laughs) definitely stick around more than I think. A lot of people expected it to and Agreed. i i think theoretically well number one i i mentioned this to you earlier before we recorded but i think that this movie would have been better if it was rated r just because i feel yeah. like they could have explored a little bit more of like the darker side of like the character without it being because if you if you're limited to the PG-13 rating in this time frame, like nowadays, I think that they have a better shot of making a PG-13 Ghost Rider. But Agreed. back in the day, I, I think that this movie would have really benefited if they just gone like, hey, let's make it a little bit more low budget. Let's make it R rated. And let's just kind of stick to what like 
we'll have it be dark with some humor in there because Johnny Blaze can be really funny. But oh yeah, th- that that's my opinion. And this no, movie, I agree, doesn't suffer from the tone, but it's reflective of what it was probably like to make this movie. And there's small things when we're watching this movie because oh yeah, by the way. Johnny Blaze's dad dies in a crash because the devil's watching him and he just crashes almost immediately. It's like a 10 foot jump, like through like a ring and yeah, um, he just crashes him. He's like later loser. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's like, and he's like, but you said, I was like, I told you the cancer wouldn't kill him, but I'm going to kill him. And I was like, God, Johnny, you were dumb. And then I remember that he's 17 and I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're he even owned yeah. up to that at the end of the movie when a uh, guy, it's like, what made you sign the contract? Because they always say, like, you know, he only people only sign the contract when they're desperate or when they're. So, so what did the demon hold over you? And he just goes, "I was seventeen, and my dad was dying, and I didn't have anybody else except for Roxanne." And, yeah, and it's like that makes sense. It, it does make sense, and he. This leads to the scene where we got that jump scare, <laughs> which made me laugh really hard because I love that jump scare. It scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. I was oh, like, for sure. <laughs> but I just, every time I see it now, I was like, wait, the villain is Billy Joe Armstrong? Green Day's in this? I was like, ah. <laughs> and then he's like, you. And he like does like, he like points at him. And like, there's storytelling elements here where I was like, oh, he's going to try and kill himself all the time. Like he's going to have a death wish where he basically tries to like end his life. Oh yeah. And he, cause he starts to, it's basically implied. It's like, Hey, you're going to have an amazing life up until I, when I need you. And yep. he pretty much does because like that crash probably should have paralyzed him or killed him. And oh, it should have killed him immediately. Yeah. He landed pretty hard in his head. And I was like, <laughs> oh, he landed like, well, yeah. For those that when he, when it flashes forward, and we now get Nicolas Cage. Um, it he does this big jump. Worst when stunt he land, man ever. Worst <laughs> stunt man ever. He did not even try. <laughs> for yeah. time. When he's doing this. He's doing this huge. I mean, basically the very almost stereotypical evil Knievel esque jump. And uh, when he lands, he purposely lands wrong. And you watch his head bounce off the tire. Oh, that should have snapped his neck. Oh, that was and nasty. Oh, you just see him bounce up against the wall, and you're just like, I, I genuinely forgot that was in there. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and yeah. then he just shakes it off because he's like, he kind of realized, like you're saying, like with the contract, he's like, until he's needed, he's kind of immortal. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm glad that someone almost immediately, like his buddy Mac, was like, hey. Uh, you should be dead like multiple times. Like they don't even hesitate. He's like, there's absolutely no way that you're alive. And <laughs> I'm glad yeah. that they just didn't gloss over that. Like, wow, Johnny, you're so lucky. He was like, Hey, what is this? Like, <laughs> yeah, like luck does not describe what you're going through right now. And then he, he's like trying to confront him because like they're leaving and he's eating like red and yellow jelly beans, which <laughs> whatever that drink. symbol in, like, what is that? What is that symbolism I, supposed to be? I don't <laughs> I, no, that I, I agree because I'm like, I'm not super familiar with the Ghost Rider comics. I don't recall Johnny Blaze just munching out. Al- yeah, just he forgoes alcohol, but he drinks candy like he's an alcoholic. 
Yeah, and he's like, I won't drink alcohol, but I will try to kill myself every jump I do. And I was like, I'm, I'm so lost. <laughs> like, I don't, like, the jelly beans cracked me up. I didn't care what it meant. But I was just like, what? Like, never, I'm looking just, too deep into this. And <laughs> that's a good, that's an example of how these tones conflict with each other. Because it's like, they're having this serious conversation of being like, dude, why are you trying to die? And then you just see him take a sip from his jelly bean martini glass. And you're like screaming, dude, I was screaming, laughing, like all seriousness just went out the window and he's watching like he's in his, and he's just laughing at like this video of a monkey doing karate. And I was like, what, what was the creative process behind? Like, I want to know. I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, that's where the cheesiness comes in. And you're just like, and it's funny. I mean, because. Part of why I love Nicolas Cage is he'll do whatever you ask him at 100%. So oh. he 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 went into it He's and that's what amazing. makes it work. Yeah. Nicolas that's, that's Cage made... is top tier. Nicolas Cage is the goat. <laughs> Put some respect on this man's name cuz even if you don't like him, you cannot deny that this man goes 110% every single movie. Whether yeah. it requires it or not. <laughs> yeah. Whether the he required him to start screaming like crazy. He'll do it anyway. My favorite line of the whole movie. <laughs> He's like, if you keep changing that channel from the monkey on me, we're going to have a scuffle on our hands or something like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He like confronts him and he's like, you wouldn't get it. He's like brooding. He's like, you wouldn't understand me, Mac. And. Like we already like this was right when like Blackheart was because we, we get introduced to Blackheart, who is not comic book accurate. I could have guessed that from the fact that, like I said, he looks like Billy Joel Armstrong. Yeah, I was like Wes Bentley. Oh, OK, Um, which, yep. I mean, CGI at the time, like you're not going to like they didn't even have him have his true form at one point. And true. That, that was like it's like, ah, it's a missed opportunity, but whatever like it, it's mid aughts to th- like it's i a get it but movie i get it but at the same time he looks like a rejected character from twilight yeah i i know but well this was right around the same time as wow this was right around yeah. the same time as twilight oh my yeah. gosh holy guacamole hence why he looks <laughs> hence why he looks like a rejected twilight character that's, that's kind of what hurt the movie because it's like people are like so he's he, he's even more emo Edward. Well, I thought Twilight was right after. It might have been after, but I just it was a year after, and I, I think it just didn't age super well. Uh, <laughs> well, the books were already out, and so when people, I guarantee, I I guarantee the comparisons were being made because if the movies came out a year later, people have already read the books, and it was a huge hit. So yeah, the comparisons were there. Yeah, and he just like they introduce him through rain, and he's like does a little jump scare. And I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> yeah, he, he looked more like a vampire than a demon. He yeah, that, that's a fair comparison. And he and there's a difference. The way they introduced him, I was like, oh, that's actually probably an interesting way to have this character be introduced, because having someone just handily defeat a bar full of Hell's Angels is kind of scary. If, Fine. <laughs> if, I mean, if especially knows, the way he does it. Yeah, he just touches them and they're like, and like shrivel up and die and like these are hell's angels and i was just like oh man like this man is not playing games but he like delivers like these cheesy one-liners and i was like i know i was like oh man like 
I could see in his eyes that he was having some fun, but like, my guy, he, I know. Oh, <laughs> it was, and then it, and he assembles his crew, which they're all elementals. Yeah, and, and I don't care about a single one of them in any nope. capacity. Nope, especially when, and we'll go. I'll go ahead and spoil this. They're all easily defeated. Oh, handily. Like they they don't even pose a threat. Like they're like, uh, and they'll like trap him with something. Like I think one of them doesn't even really use his powers. He just hits him with a truck and he's like, I'm yep. done. And then he dies. <laughs> like this is so ridiculous. This is so like they introduce him and then Johnny Blaze is about to do another crazy stupid jump over like sixteen <laughs> buses or like no over six no. Hel- attack helicopters. Well, that gets revealed at the last second because at yeah. first it was just he was going end goal. He was going a end zone to end zone in a stadium, which which first of all made me no. laugh. <laughs> I know, but which made me laugh. I was like, could y'all not get the rights to say it's Cowboy Stadium? Or I think I don't Texas think Stadium so. was still up. I don't think they but, could. Uh, which cool. I mean, I get it, but it just whatever. But uh, <laughs> it's like if you're gonna be placed in Texas, go the right, go the extra mile to like make it authentic, whatever. But um, he's gonna jump it. And of course, uh, Mac, the, like his friend, was just like, "You don't have to do this," because he's like, "Dude, this might actually kill you." And he's like, "Well, the good news is, if you fail, you'll land on turf, and then helicopters descend down." Yeah, and I was like, Oof. "I mean, at the intensity of this jump, there's absolutely no way he's going to survive if he doesn't land it." Absolutely, and I just love the fact when he's like, "Why did you bring in helicopters?" Because <laughs> my dad always wanted to jump a helicopter. He said it'd be pretty cool. It is cool. Like, it is cool. <laughs> You're, he's right. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. And they, and of course, before this, we see Roxanne again. Yeah. Now, and God, this interview. That, that interview was, <laughs> that is that is peak Nicolas Cage right there. Oh, I feel like they had different lines and he was like, I got a better idea. And then they <laughs> they filmed it and he was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> they just rolled with it. They're like, screw it, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, because Roxanne's trying to just do her job. Yeah. And be a reporter and just ask him like the obvious questions to ask. And he's trying to catch up with her on live television. And like, well, like kind of, though, because he's like, hey. Hey, how's it going? And she's like, uh, and like trying to move on. And he's like, you, you look real pretty. Because uh, he's, uh. he, he, he sometimes, it's like he remembers, oh, I'm supposed to have a Texas accent. Other times he forgets. Yeah, and, which is not the thing that I remember the most from this movie. <laughs> well, no, it just cracked me up because you could tell like when he remembers because he really lays it in thick. Yeah, it's like, I'm from. I'm a Texas boy. And, like, and then he'll like, just go back to bro. Nicolas Cage. And like, <laughs> oh, it almost makes it better. He, I know. But oh. I will say, like, the one question he did, like, when he's like, he's they're like, can you just answer one question? He goes, so, I can't remember even what they asked him. And he just, they asked him a yes or no question. And he just goes, like, awkward pause. Like, he just goes, yes. <laughs> and just gives the mic back and walks away. You're like, hold on. And this is the only time in the movie where he's wearing a cowboy hat, dude. I was gonna scream. I was like, why now? What? <laughs> like, you've gone to great lengths to. I, I don't know. But then he, he he has Nos, and they like lower the helicopters in, and Mac is having an aneurysm. And understandably, and he and Johnny Blaze lands it, which yeah. honestly, 
right for the story, but a part of me really wishes that he would have like messed it up and just bounced off the helicopter blades, not dying. Like <laughs> just like a little pinball just uh, uh, <laughs> getting thrown around. That's true. Oh, like, it wouldn't have worked, but it would have made my life. Oh yeah. And then the <laughs> best part is everyone's like of course losing their mind because that would be quite the spectacle to see in uh, real yeah. life. If it were possible, and, it would be amazing. Yeah. That's why I love it. It's like, how much snot do I got? Enough to send you to the moon. Cool. And uh wow. And he makes it and I was like, you knock it off right now, movie. Yeah. And then of course then he immediately bails. And I'm like, wait, where's he going? Yeah. <laughs> Max reaction. Which, oh, because he chases her down on the freeway and basically just harasses her into going to dinner with him, which not not a terrible scene, but like you can tell that she's kind of like, oh, Johnny. And he's just like, huh, I'm about to cause a track <laughs> like a traffic accident here for you, sugar. And <laughs> it's it's once again, it's the tones bumping heads with each other because they have this sentimental moment before the jump mm-hmm. where Mac is like trying to have a heart to heart with him of like, hey, man. You don't have to do this. And then they immediately follow it up with this goofiness, which it is. It works because it's Nicolas Cage and him being a goofy person is always funny. And to Eva Mendes's credit, and I forget the other guy's name, but like her driver that like she's in charge of uh, or like her cameraman that's driving the van. He's they all work off each other really well. And it's genuinely funny. That scene in particular, I think, is one of the better examples of comedy that they have in this movie, besides like the dinner scene where like yes. they imply that the waiter <laughs> like when she uh, so basic we'll, we'll get there. But he stops this entire line of traffic, which this sealed for me that this was not in Texas because oh, absolutely. There, there'd be hands being thrown. And- yeah. <laughs> they, they would have pulled out guns or like all driven off the side of the road and like run into each other trying desperately to make it five minutes earlier to an appointment or something. And yes. <laughs> they doesn't matter if it's Johnny blaze. That's the thing about Texas, Texas, <laughs> Texas. We do Texas. not care. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you're a celebrity. I don't care. And <laughs> the, he's, like she says yes to going out to dinner with him and her, her cameraman was kind of funny <laughs> like the whole time. Oh, he, he was <laughs> strangely which is weird to say like he was almost like the straight man in this weird comedy scene which is weird to be if you're playing the straight man in a comedy scene with Nicolas Cage yeah with the supposed protagonist who literally has a blood deal with a devil where his skull lights on fire and (laughs) (laughs) right when you put it in that context but he's getting ready to go out and black like later on that evening Blackheart and Mephisto like meet in the park and they're like I'm here to do bad things. And then he's like, but you can't be here. And they like turn the the lights up and down. And he's just like, Ugh. like that's literally how the scene happens. I'm not just being lazy. I, <laughs> I can confirm. I'm telling it's, you. it's accurate. It, 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 the, the ultimate show of power between one of the, uh, I think in Marvel, Mephisto, Mephistopheles, whatever. But like, he's, I think, either second or third in command when it comes to like the hierarchy and then like his son, which you get that revealed in this scene, which I'm like, how did that work? But whatever. But, um, the way they show their power is they turn lights on and off. 
spooky. You know how I feel about that. It, it's like Nosferatu in the SpongeBob episode. They're like Nosferatu. They're just like, and the way that he would like, ugh, like he would turn away from like the, the lamp getting slightly brighter. I was like, oh, you're not, you're not a vampire. It's like this movie had a budget of a hundred and ten million dollars, and they couldn't do like, I don't know, like just a fireball like shoot a fireball at each other and then he's like you can't do that like if it dissipates he's like haha this realm is not for you like something like or like blackheart throws something at him and mephisto quickly reminds him who's the more powerful one here right now but mephisto doesn't have any power that's like the whole like he doesn't have any power in this universe to physically harm blackheart which is why he needed ghost rider like exactly well, yeah true but like but like something to like ex- like yeah. you're saying like with the rules they have they could have tried and like do powers, but then they're like not working. And he's yeah. sitting there going, "Yeah, th- them's the rules." Like Blackheart is Thomas Edison <laughs> or Nikola <laughs> Tesla, where he's just like, "Ooh, <laughs> like, it really was." And it's so and like uh, they do the zoom in on their eyes. Like, they they go so hard in this whole movie, though. Like it's over the top, but they're like, you know what? We might as well try. Like <laughs> not to. They're like, we're not going to try and make this like war and peace but <laughs> we're gonna do our best like this isn't a tennessee williams play and, and that's fine but just a cooler thing than turning lights on and off right we we get to the and then mephisto's like hey johnny i know you have a date with this babe but uh i'm gonna need you to go kill one of these guys well and, i think ideally he would like for he would have liked for him, johnny to kill all of them but it didn't work out that way. He did his best. He was like, hey, yeah. it, it, we wouldn't have had a movie if he just killed them all in one night. Oh, of course. No, and that's the <laughs> thing with all superhero films of like, what stops so-and-so like the Hulk or especially someone like Vision from just killing the villain the first five minutes. Because uh, yeah, we know. need a whole movie. <laughs> and um, It's like, why are you running? <laughs> yeah, basically. And um, though, of course, Johnny's like, hey, man, screw you. I'm not going to do what you want. And he's just like, but you signed the contract, so that's not how this works. Giddy up. Yeah. And, and he does. He takes off. Oh my gosh, no. We, <laughs> we gotta talk about him transforming into Ghost Rider. When he is screaming, which, like, the, for the rest of the movie, it's not like this. But, like, they go full werewolf and full Nicolas Cage, which, now I need a Nicolas Cage werewolf movie, I'm just saying. But <laughs> this is the closest thing that we're gonna get to that right now. He goes bananas where like his hands start turning red and he's like sizzling or steaming. And then the bike like drives him to a garage. Like it's, it's so strange. It's so weird. And he just starts screaming and like going crazy. Nicholas cage, like, <laughs> yeah, he, and he goes back and forth between like screaming in pain and laughing maniacally. And it's and like, kind of amazing. <laughs> it's probably the best part of this whole movie. He yeah. goes insane and then turns into the ghost rider and we get the montage of him like driving like a thousand miles per hour and like leaving traces of like burn marks everywhere. And mm-hmm. like the cop when he was checking his speed, like that was that was cute. That, yeah. <laughs> that was that was genuinely funny in a Oh yeah, no, you gotta way. check all the boxes when you do that. Yeah, like I, I enjoy it. It has a place in this movie. There's nothing out of place. I'll put it that way. So he basically like this is just so like structured weird because like Roxanne's waiting for him. 
And she's like drinking wine. Like when they had the waiter, like pour more and more wine into her glass. She grabs the bottle. She's waiting for him. And then like, she has to wait. She's like, am I pretty? And he's like, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you are, <laughs> sir, you are a liar. <laughs> you are a liar. That's Eva Mendes, you I, I think they were swine. I think they were trying to imply that he was gay. And maybe I, even, I think that was the implication I got from it was that they were trying to imply that he was like a gay waiter stereotype, which has not particularly aged well. But they just tried to do that so that it would hurt like her like so like her her self image a little bit more where she's like, I'm pretty right. And he's like, uh, about that. And- <laughs> well, it's also because of the fact that she's like freaking out because like now for the second time. Yeah, she's been stood up by him. She's been done dirty again. This time, not his fault. Well, second time, kind of not his fault. Yeah. So he goes to a train yard where they kill this poor guy who I actually felt really bad when they killed that one like night watch guy. I was like, oh, that was kind of sad. Yeah. Like, he was just doing his job. And then he shows up and he's like, you and he does like the finger point. I love the finger point. I know, but it's just so funny because it's like you. this came out in 2007. <laughs> But it still felt like the late nineties because they're all just so brooding and walking in trench coats. Right. <laughs> it's like the, the dark tone without the darkness, which is the best way to summarize this movie. I know. And I'm like, what emo band are you all in? They, they basically defeat him. Well, they don't defeat him, but they like, they think they defeat him. Cause like puddle boy, like catches him in a puddle, like holds his ankle and he's like, eh. and then another guy hits him with a truck and they're like, that's it. We've killed the bounty hunter of the devil. And <laughs> like that's no, pretty much no, the whole no. fight because he's got the chain and he's throwing the chain around, which w- the way he wraps the chain around himself is incredible. Oh, yeah. There's so many moments in this movie where I would get so intensely adrenaline fueled hype. <laughs> and then <laughs> it would just completely just like the moment something weird happened and I was like this movie's a roller coaster but he beats the wind guy who didn't even well, really the wind use guy. that's power. later oh, the wind guy's later I yeah. forget what the, no no I forget what this one is I it think was the rock like, guy it was like the that, earth dude which is like shouldn't he have been the most difficult to beat that, 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 that's what I'm saying and they had him like they didn't even have him really use his powers like you could have had a really cool fight montage with him like throwing rocks at Ghost Rider or him like turning into an, in, an invincible rock monster that Ghost Rider has to like wrestle down or like trick or do something but instead they're just like hey you're gonna drive a truck into him and then die yep and it, it's just a missed opportunity because I and I think that the problem with that is like he probably like the director and the writer probably had ideas and then they just went, oh, we can't fit this all into a two-hour movie. Like, it's just not going to happen. And the the rock guy, he drove a truck, and he's like, that's easy. And then yeah. Ghost Rider just, like, wraps him up with a chain and then turns him into stone and breaks him. And I was like, oh, that, that, that's, that was kind of neat. But yeah, I also, mean- like, there's moments in this movie where I, you can tell that there's effort, but... It's limited, and I don't know why it's limited because the budget was $110 million. Maybe CGI was expensive at the time. I don't know. But I get that, but also, I mean, it's like when we covered Scott Pilgrim, and like they did a lot of fights in that movie, and they were all unique, and they are able to fit them all into a movie that's about the same runtime as this one. Yeah. So I'm just like, what's up? 
it's I don't know. I, I feel like they were just it was trial and error. And that that's my whole opinion of this movie is that it was trial and error. And they kind of learned their lesson a little bit because Spirit of Vengeance, I think, was the last Marvel movie that really had this weird shifting tone. And yeah. th- this movie was kind of like the end. They were like, we'll, we'll do one more with Nicolas Cage. And then we're going to focus on the Marvel Cinematic Universe only because Spirit of Vengeance came out in the middle of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I hope people don't forget that. So, <laughs> Oh, I didn't. It's crazy. <laughs> like people, people are like, oh, yeah, like it's only been MCU for a while. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We, we had Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> and <laughs> like it's weird because he like stops this guy and they disappear like they just dip out he's like help me and they're just like they do the little guy like disappearing where he throws up the peace sign and then, basically and then Johnny's like I'm gonna go ride and he just rides off <laughs> and he, comes he rides a mugging. he comes across yep. a mugging with a rebel Wilson yep <laughs> yep I was a different <laughs> And it's so... It's amazing. It's its like... <laughs> it's one of the best powers. We get to see one of the best powers in comics. Where oh, it is. No, hands down. They have... Like, he should have used this on the other guy, but I guess they couldn't have. And I, I don't know. That's just kind of like... There's some restructuring that could have made this better. But we also got to see Rebel Wilson. And that was amazing. Because as a kid, I was like, oh my god, she's funny. Like... And she mm-hmm. still is funny to this day. And it's just, it's cool to see how far she's come in her career. And with like, she had this bit role in Ghost Rider. So she's getting mugged by like this guy who's like, give me your purse. And then Ghost Rider shows up and he's like, who are you? Like, Why are you not running? <laughs> like, what are you? I know, like the guy just like goes up against the wall. I'm like, I, that's where the weird, like, if this isn't like an alley where like there's, no exit except where Ghost Rider's standing, then it makes sense why the guy didn't just take off. Yeah. But, but you're like under a started. bridge. He could have bailed. Yeah, but he's just like, what do you want? <laughs> like, bro, run. What do you <laughs> like I... live to steal another person another day? Like today is not your day, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. But and, we did get to see the penance stare. Which is what matters. And... That's the whole purpose of this entire scene. Regardless yeah. of how it fits into the movie. And the penance stare, for those who are unfamiliar, the penance stare is when the ghost rider basically like burns the corrupt soul of the person when he stares into their eyes. He did this to Doctor Strange, actually, in a vicious cycle in a, yes. in a graphic novel. And Doctor Strange survived it because, I mean, mess around and find out. But <laughs> he he is one of the few people who would survive that. But he like it's super cool because it it's character driven and it's not just punching them in the face. So true. Yeah. It, it's a, it's the, a unique thing for the Ghost Rider, and, and it's a very powerful move that like I think only three characters have ever survived the penance stare in Marvel: mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, Thanos, because apparently he had no regrets about what he's done, so he laughed it off. And that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and then the third one was Deadpool, but Ghost Rider wasn't trying to kill him because Johnny Blaze is like, yeah, if the writer wants you dead, you just die. Yeah. <laughs> Which ooh, I want to see Ghost Rider versus Thanos now. That's such a missed opportunity. Um, right. 
so basically like Nicolas Cage like wakes up in a graveyard like a werewolf. I'm I'm just going to keep yes. pointing that out. This is a werewolf movie with Nicolas Cage. It's werewolves and vampires. It's werewolves uh, and vampires, but with superhero DLC skin on it, which should compel you to see this movie regardless of whether or not you're going to enjoy forgetting. it or not. Not only did he go to a graveyard like a werewolf would, he passed out in front of his father's tombstone. Stop. Stop. Oh, it made me so mad. It made me <laughs> so mad. But also at the same time, I, I loved it. So, <laughs> I had a lot of conflicting feelings about this movie, but I'm going to just keep heaping on how absolutely joyous this movie makes me feel. So we get Sam, we get Sam the Coors Light guy. Yep. Um, which is not the only thing he's ever done. Sam Elliott has been in a ton of stuff. He's awesome. And I just wanted people to know that <laughs> if they weren't sure who I was talking about, it's him. It's the, it's the dad from the ranch for anyone who's seen yes. the ranch. He is a former ghostwriter and we, we kind of pick that up pretty quickly. Like it's not, hidden it's more implied and he's like the ghost rider has a yeah. contract and he's like stitching up Nicolas Cage and I was like is this mildly erotic <laughs> like stitching him up in his church and he's like the contract is binding it holds you forever and <laughs> this like emotional scene where he's like it's not the worst exposition scene but it's basically like hey this is what you just saw and yeah, any excuse to get Sam Elliott on screen is a good excuse. So, and they also brought up one of the things of uh, like the whole what Blackheart's trying to do it at all, because of course he was just explaining to Johnny like what it's like now that you're stuck being the devil's bounty hunter. He goes, "Oh yeah, I had to fight Blackheart," and even Sam Elliott's like, "Wait, hold on, he sent you after who?" Yeah, he's like, "Oh, <laughs> that sucks." <laughs> Have and, fun. Uh, <laughs> so he explains to him, "There's the." Uh, there's this uh, contract with San Verganza, uh, which Sam Elliott forgets the Z a lot of times. Uh, Caleb, we're and, halfway through this movie. <laughs> it's There's fine. so much to uh, talk about. <laughs> I know. But basically, he just reminds me, like, basically, Blackheart wants to get the contract because it has a thousand uh, damned souls on it. And the power boost you would get off of it would basically let you be able to bring, as he puts it, like hell on earth. Mm-hmm. Which I'm just like, sure, I'll roll with that logic. And um, it raises the stakes a little bit. Like, I, I feel like it could have been introduced earlier, but it, it's enough for me. Of course, I, no. And it, it's good exposition. Like you said, like, uh, it's not just a situation of like, I'm going to tell you this story and you're not going to walk away for something. Like, Helm explain that while he's stitching him up. It's like, okay, it gives a reason of like, why would Johnny sit there and listen to him the whole time? It, it fits within the context of the movie. Like people like to bash on this movie a lot, but there's elements of it that actually kind of work. So yeah, <laughs> credit where credit's due. And to your point, like it's funny now. Cause like watching it, it's the first time I've watched this in years. <laughs> yeah. They make it so clear that like, yeah, this was the former ghostwriter. Cause it's like, how else would this guy that's dressed like it's 1880, and knows everything Johnny needs to know in detail. Who doesn't question it, by the way. <laughs> well, after you just, okay, you dealt with a demon, you killed another demon, you turn into a flaming, you basically turn into scorpion. Well, he doesn't question how he knows all this stuff. Oh, He's that just part. like, yeah, you're right. And which I, I'd, I'm glad that they didn't have him go like, 
what are you talking about? But how do you know all this stuff? They just kind of let it happen. And I was like, cool, roll with it. Like, yeah, after everything fine. he's been through, it's like, I'm just glad you're not trying to kill me. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. He's like, listen, I've had a long night. <laughs> they have to like this is when because Johnny goes back like number one, he goes to the crime scene where he murdered. So I looked it up. The character's name is Gressel, which nope. I don't know what that means, but they have names and I'm yep. just going to be fair and call them by their names now. They <laughs> she, he returns to the scene of a crime, a crime which he committed and is now being framed for another part of the crime because he didn't kill the the watcher dude, but he destroyed this entire yard and then shows up and they're like, hey, like your bike tracks are like at the station because he tries to confront Roxanne and she's like, hey, you bailed on me. What's wrong with you? And yep, which understandably I was like, yeah, I'd be I'd be mad, too. But she was interviewing uh, Rebel Wilson's character <laughs> and I was laughing so hard because they had her. She's like. He had like this big, bright, burning skull, and he was just like, she's genuinely hilarious, and it makes sense to me now. Like, because I remember laughing at it when I was a kid, but now I'm just like, oh, like her her career was absolutely gonna go places. Like, she's genuinely funny, and And just it's funny too because it's like 2007 was like still the the emo fashion trend was still alive and well. Yeah. So like just seeing her as a full emo goth chick. Hot topic, baby. Hot topic, baby. This was right after, this was a year after black parade from my chemical romance. Never forget it. I didn't trust me. I was one of those kids singing it. Me too, dude. I still uh, sing it to this day. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, but like, and then she has the t-shirt that says, I leave bite marks. And I was like, (laughs) me. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's prime. It's filet mignon. It's moi. They had, <laughs> ugh. So, okay, so this was actually like four, five months after Black Parade, funny enough. But she like, he goes up to her and he's like, Roxanne, I'm real sorry I bailed on you again. I went werewolf. And like, he doesn't fully tell her because like, no, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> who's going to believe that? Who's going to believe that? And then they like arrest him. And they're like, hey, like, uh, we found out what happened. And they put him in a jail cell where he just starts laughing. He's like, you got to let me out. It's the moon is out and I'm the ghost rider. And uh, like, I'm not, oh, yeah, okay. I'm barely paraphrasing, by the way. This is- <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the, the, the only part is about the moon. Because like his whole shtick is at night, which once again, like a werewolf. It's so, which is like, I thought the ghost rider could be a ghost rider during the day. But which they switched to. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, they, they switched yeah. to, it was just before because like Blackheart was mostly active at night, but once he gets more control over the Ghost Rider powers, he starts to cool. just do more makes, like stuff like, cause he would change at will sometimes. And I was like, Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But also, um, cause like, since he, since he's in a jail cell, uh, he's like, cause they, cause Sam Elliott tells him, he's like, you'll turn to the Ghost Rider when you're surrounded by like evil. Yeah. And so I love, Nick, I love so he's, scene. Johnny's just like. Don't put me in a holding cell. That's not a good no. And everyone's but, like, hey, you're trying to blaze. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> pretty much. Because yeah, like, the guy was just like, yeah, basically he bet money. I guess that he would die and he lost a lot of money. I was like, this is weird. Yeah, I was like, this is oddly convenient, but I'll take it. And like the one kid in the back, like the, the one poor kid, he's just like, hey, stop. And they like punch him. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. And they all jumped Johnny and he's like, you don't know what you do it. <laughs> done goofed. You done goofed. And then he explodes and knocks them all out. And, and then, then of course looks at the kid. He's like, you're innocent. Yeah. And the kid like, just faints. <laughs> <laughs> like guilty to everyone and this kid's just in the back like what do i do in this situation what am i <laughs> like do i run well number one he steals that guy's jacket and it gets the spikes that poke out of the shoulders i laughed i couldn't i help know it. it's amazing i know it's it's so cheesy but it's like yeah he needs the full outfit it's perfect i didn't even care i was like this is wrong but it's right and <laughs> then he like melts the bars instead of just punching through them and it's oh it's amazing. And then he like, this is when he fights the air guy. This is when yes. he fights the air dude. And number one, which lasts 10 seconds. It's hilarious. We'll get to it. But he gets basically like speared off of his bike by the air dude and they're fighting. And I think they're supposed to be in Dallas. I don't like they say they're in Texas. That's- and I was like, is this Dallas? I don't know where this, what city yeah. this is supposed to be in. Cause it's not San Antonio. And no, it's not it's Austin. Not Houston. It's not Houston. <laughs> it could be. Well, it could be Austin, but something told me it was Dallas. Doesn't matter because it it's be. Australia. And yeah. <laughs> they, I don't think the movie cares to explain, which is fine. And he rides up the side of the building because the, they're like, the cops are on his tail, which they're like trying to explain what they saw. They're like, uh, his head's on fire. And. And he's like, what? And then he goes up the side of the map, the building, and he's like, he's going up, sir. <laughs> yeah, I know. And at this Sing point, Roxanne and, and Roxanne sees it through, a you know, because she's in a nearby building show. So she sees it through her window because beforehand there's a whole scene where Johnny tries to explain to her like what? Like he just straight up's like, I'm a bounty hunter for the devil. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. She's like, that, that scene. Oh, you're insane. Where she pretends to be like. I'm here for you. Anything you need. And then he tells her a story that perfectly lines up with what a witness told her. And she goes, and and they're not connected. They don't know each other. And she literally just goes, nah, you're a crazy person, which would you believe someone normally I would, but the fact that two different people unrelated had similar accounts of something that all line up, I would, I don't know if I would go immediately. You're crazy. I would be like, okay. I don't know what to say to you. (laughs) I'm going to, the thing is, yeah, I I mean, I can understand because it's like, especially because it's like, he's bailed on her twice. So she's already like, so this is the story you're sticking to. And she's trying to be compassionate. And I I think that that's an interesting character development, but she's in the hotel and she sees him riding up the side of the hill and she's like, Oh yeah, it all clicks. I'm like, oh, he wasn't lying, and <laughs> this leads to the fight where like the guy's just air. Like he doesn't try to blow him off the building, which would have been hilarious watching Nicolas Cage like fall off of a building. But he's just like standing there, and Ghost Rider tries to whip him with the train, the, the chain, and it just goes through him. And I was like, what did you think was gonna happen? What was your game plan? <laughs> like, what? And the guy's just like, really? Like. Ugh. You can't How do dumb that. Are you? And then he just whips it around super fast and like sucks him into a, a vortex. <laughs> yeah, which this, is weird because it's like, look, here's gonna thing. break me, bro. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> look, here, here, here's the thing. And here's what makes it weirder: Ghost Rider can actually eat souls if he wants to. 
Like, if he doesn't yeah. decide to purge you, he can just consume you. So they could have had a thing where he brought him in in a vortex and then just consumed him. Which would have been cool. Like, ate him like Wario where his mouth, like, opens up and he just eats, like, this little trap soul. Yeah. That would have been amazing. But again, budget. So, yeah. <laughs> and they've already, and like, just... they've already spent a lot. So I'm like, I guess they're, like, trying to keep it simple. So. Yeah he goes back down the building and all the cops are waiting and they're like, stop or we'll, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She, they let and her it, through. <laughs> they let Roxanne through. And I was like, no, no. no. Cause he calms no. down. He like, which I actually kind of like how they did this. Like, I know it's a little on the cheesier side for some people, but having him like having his flame din- dim down and turn kind of blue instead of just saying like, I love you. Like, it's an, it's an interesting way of showing how he feels about her, you know, on a visual know. level. And I was like, wow, that's actually good filmmaking like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but visually it works. You're going to have the science nerds that chime in with blue is actually hotter than yellow or red fire. Uh, blue is actually hotter than blue. <laughs> I don't care because we're dealing with a bounty front. We're dealing with a bounty hunter <laughs> from hell. And they're like, oh, well, actually, science, scientifically, uh, blue is a hotter flame than orange. And it's like, shut up. Like, don't. <laughs> Can you explain no. how this man is literally the bounty hunter of the devil? <laughs> anyway. Okay, just, back to the story. I'm sorry. Because I'm you, got, men- no. you mentioned that and you're right. Because- <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. Maybe laugh. I'm, I'm glad I. I'll do that more often. That's the results I get. But um, <laughs> but anyway, I do agree though. It showed like him showing a soft spot for her because it also played into the plot because Blackheart is watching with the final unnamed goon, yeah. um, and he's just like, oh, now I know he's weak. Now I know what his weak spot is. Yeah. Well, he, I wish he didn't say that out loud because I kind of like picked up on the fact that that's what it was. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, you mean like you know, like the line out loud where he's like, "I now understand what his weakness is." I was like, I kind of picked up on that. You didn't need to say it. No, no, no. I was gonna say like, you mean like the exposition to describe what you just saw, and yeah, where you're saying out loud what just happened and what you're now gonna do from there. It, exactly. It and was just... weird because you go from like a good storytelling, like a good visual storytelling, to like saying something out loud that you're thinking. And I was and, like, and the worst mm. part is you, you don't have to say it that heavy handed. You could have just had him look. He could have smirked and been like, interesting. Yeah, if he and chuckled, I would have been like, okay, good. Or like, even interesting, like you just said. Like that. I know. Yeah. It's Less a product of its time, and I'm not going to. They're having fun, <laughs> and a lot of people worked hard on this movie. So I'm, yeah. I'm not going to bash it, but it, it's just small things like that that I notice as a writer. But and, of course, and then when he goes back, the caretaker re- you know, tells him, he's like, look, you got to understand, Blackheart plays dirty he doesn't yeah. just go after you he goes after everyone you ever loved met and of course the moment he hears that uh like, johnny's like oh <laughs> oh no my baby and, and, he, <laughs> and then and then blackheart kills mac poor mac was, dude mac was just doing his best the whole movie and then they killed him off like that and i was like you literally just made us relate and sympathize with him so that you could kill him off it's okay. He comes back as Harvey Bullock. I know. It's fine. I know. But <laughs> I'm not mad about that. It's just I don't, it's, like I saw it coming and I was like, oh, he didn't have to. And you did. And 
whatever. So he Johnny Blaze comes back and he's like, Roxanne, where are you, Roxanne? And <laughs> typical Nicolas Cage, like panic mode. And then like Blackheart attacks him and he turns into the Ghost Rider, which the effects actually don't look bad. I'm, I'm going to be honest, like no, the effects are actually pretty good sometimes. They they did not age as terribly as I thought they would have. Some of them do, but they put so much love and effort into Ghost Rider that like it's hard not to give them credit because like you can see that they're like oh th-, like they knew what mattered the most. So he turns into Ghost Rider and tries the penance stare, and I was like wow that that should be kind of easy, but <laughs> went Black right Rider, for the kill. He was just like I'm not even gonna mess around like. You hurt my girl. And he <laughs> tries to do the penance stare and Blackheart just laughs at him because he's like, dude, I literally have no soul. And it's like the you get the prices right. Sound like the one, one, one. Yeah. And then he punches the fire out of him. I wish. Amazing. And he knocks him <laughs> out and then does like the whole disappearing thing where he's like, come find me with the contract of San Venganza. And he just steal Mr. Steel, yo girl, Wes Bentley. <laughs> he just dips out. Oh, they amazing! Insinu- they kind of insinuate that because he's trying to like uh, he orders Johnny to like to retrieve the contract. He's like, "You work for me now." I'm like, I don't think it works like that. It's like uh, that's that's not how that works. It was like the the thing, like the discussion we had about mind control in Teen Titans. It's like that's not how mind control works. <laughs> like, exactly. It's like. <laughs> Blood, blood like, contract with the with the devil doesn't get overturned that easily. It's like character trait wise, I get what you're saying, but it also doesn't like affect your direct situation. So, right? <laughs> have like he goes to the caretaker and he's like, "I need your help. I don't know where the contract is." And this is so funny. I laughed, and it's not supposed to be funny, but I squealed. He just breaks the shovel and he's like. Here it is. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, man. There's no journey. He just goes, Ugh, and brings the shuffle. Yeah. There's no, like, dialogue where he's like, why do you need it? Like, why do you? Like, if they had maybe talked a little bit and Johnny, like, convinced him to be like, hey, just tell me where it is. And then he broke the shovel. He just immediately, no hesitation, is like, oh, why didn't you just ask <laughs> That's literally how it's like, it leaves you with that moment going, could he have just asked at any moment? Like, it's supposed to be symbolic, right? Because it's like all these graves that, you know, this bounty has dug and like all the souls that it's taken, like it's symbolic of like all the the graves that he dug with this shovel. Like, oh yeah, well, just that. And also like, I mean, as we all, we already know the caretaker is Carter Slade. He was the former ghostwriter. It's been painted on the wall in bright neon colors. It's it's there. But um <laughs> he finally like, you know, they officially say it out loud. And uh so it makes sense that like he would be the one holding on to it to make sure no one got it. Yeah. Like it, it all makes sense. There's no it's just weird. It's just hilarious because he immediately is just like, oh, you need the contract. And he just shatters it with a shovel on a screen. <laughs> yeah. Like, on site, he just goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's just funny too because, like, oh, so you're the former ghost, right? And he goes, and he gets on his horse. He goes, yeah, I'll show you where the, uh, where the, where the former town was. Yeah. And he's like, okay. He goes, but can you keep up? This is poof. the one of the other best scenes in the entire movie. I oh, yeah. loved this scene 
because it's just it's perfect. It's just too like it's like a good passing of the torch moment where it's like we have this former Ghost Rider. One, the character design is cool. You get the horse from hell and they're mm-hmm. all on fire and they're riding through the desert together like one generation to the next. That's actually really cool. <laughs> oh, it is for sure. Especially when he reveals that Johnny's actually helping uh, Carter finally get rest. Yeah. He's like, thanks to you. I can finally now rest in peace and good little moment. Have to... Yeah. Though it was okay. It was cheesy, but <laughs> no, 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 the cheesy part wasn't that. Cause that, that was to your point. That was cool. The cheesy part when he was just like, you sold your soul for love and greed. So now you have the power of God on your side. I'm like, when did this turn into an anime? I was like, you didn't He's need literally, to say that. <laughs> he, you are literally, this is right there next to the power of friendship. They could have put it at the end of the movie and it would have made more sense of like, even if you, even in just like a voiceover, like if they showed it somehow, instead of just saying out loud, you chose love over greed. I, I don't know. It, it's done. But <laughs> like, there's so many small moments like that where I was like, oh, just like a small difference would have made this so different and would have made more sense. But it's so fun still. that I almost don't care. Like no, I'm so- it's, it, it's a small critique, but it was still cool. Like I said, the visual, like, like you said, passing of the torch of, Hey, now you can finish. You can do where you can finish the thing I started of finally just getting this contract rid of. So no one can use it. It was a cool moment. Yeah. And it, it was a, actually a genuinely like character driven moment. And I, this movie has that in little doses and in little like flashes, but this movie is out of control and I love it for that. So we can acknowledge those moments like that, that happened throughout this movie while still going. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's funny how yeah. that works, but th- we're, we're getting to the final battle. Now this is the, the climax, the big moment. And well, first you have to have the jobber fight. Yeah, we do. Gotta In the water. Fight. Yep. It's yeah. which completely pointless. They could have killed him earlier. I almost would have, have said anything if they had just killed him off. <laughs> well, like, or like if Blackheart was just out of anger, killed him that. Yeah. See, like he's getting ready to fight and then Blackheart kills him. He's like, nah, I want this. Like, yeah, that would have actually been kind of rad. I'm, I'm well, it is always lie. cool when like in other shows and movies, it's always a cool moment when you make the main villain so angry, he starts killing off henchmen. Yeah. That's when you know, like, you messed up. Yeah, it would add a little bit more stakes to it, too, instead of just like, all right. Because he literally was just like, all right, I guess I'm going to ride through the water now. And then I was like, did you forget? And then, like, he gets him, and they scuffle for a second, and then Johnny Blaze is able to be Ghost Rider underwater. And he just yeah, burns I mean, I, him? Like, I just, well, because well, it's like, <laughs> I, I get because it's like, it's one of those things that you need to explain, because otherwise it's like, it, it defies logic, but it's like, Typically in comics and literature, Hellfire doesn't get taken out by water. Yeah. So that's why he can do that. Uh, yeah. But it's still like, without explaining that, you're just kind of sitting there going, wait, what? It's you so just weird. killed the guy in his element? I, I don't know, man. But they had to put it in there. They, you know, they didn't forget. And that's, I appreciate that. So <laughs> this right. movie is many things, but it is not lazy. And nope. At least in the regard of paying attention to detail, like they everything that they do, there's so much love and effort put into this movie that like even small things that like aren't overall like as impactful, you can tell that they at least are trying. 
And that's all true. I care about. So true, true. He gets there with the contract and then they fight. But like he doesn't have powers because it's almost sunrise, right? Yeah, well that's what's happening. Well, they're fighting and but he's not really He's, he's not really he's doing weak. Yeah, he because he doesn't have any power and like he can't do the pennant stare, which was like his big trump card. So he's just like hitting him a couple times and like they're throwing each other around with the chain. And yeah, and then the sun comes up and he starts losing power and Blackheart's aware of that. So he just starts tossing him around. Yeah, <laughs> which is and funny. then <laughs> Roxanne with the shotgun. Oh, oh, but we this is when he um he uses the contract so he he takes the contract yeah because he's like hey if you promise to let her go funniest line in the whole movie oh go my god my name is legion because oh. <gasps> we are many we are many or he, he's like for we are <gasps> many yeah. And I was like, oh no. No. <sighs> oh, but I'm so glad it's there. <laughs> I mean, I was it, Oh, no. it, it, it is what it is. But um so yeah, so now that he's like super powered up, he's just you know, yeah. Typical demons like I'm going to kill you anyway. So, and they start fighting and it was pretty interesting when Johnny was like, well, if I can get into the shade, I can still like activate part of the writer's ability. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's and how that works, but I'll take it. Whatever. <laughs> He's also been acting like a werewolf the whole movie. So are we really going to start now? No, but, um, because he can turn into the ghostwriter at will. We learn, but like, it's, it's so weird. I don't like, I know, but I, what, are, are, the what cool are the visuals? rules, Caleb? What are the rules? I don't know. Don't We've know. been told That's the rules and we still don't know what they are. They- <laughs> yeah. No, we were told the rules and they threw the rules out. I'm like, uh, what do? Like and, the, the filmmakers um, did their job, but it's still so confusing. <laughs> so- but it did lead to a cool moment because, like I said, Roxanne has a cool moment with the shotgun when she's just teeing off on him. Mm-hmm. And of course, Johnny's like, throw it to me. She's like, why? He's like, just do it. And he has it in the shade. It gets wrapped in the chain, so it becomes the Ghost Rider shotgun, which is the final thing he was missing from having the full arsenal. It was great. <laughs> and just blasts him away. And he doesn't, but it doesn't die. Kill him. Yeah. It doesn't, of course, because he has so many souls in him now, so like he can essentially regenerate. But um, nice moment, because now that because he holds him up, and he's just like, you can't kill me. He goes, but now you have so many souls inside of you. Hold on. Yeah, and he grabs. He lets him get grabbed too. He's just like, huh, "That's not gonna work." Which Blackheart's kind of an idiot because I know <laughs> he was like, "I have all these souls in me now," and then forgets it's not like that the Ghost Rider has a, an ability that derives off you having a soul. Yeah, I think he was just arrogant at that point, and he felt so powerful that he like forgot that like now he's actually more vulnerable. And which yeah. clever way of kind of dancing around instead of just, I'm going to punch you really hard until you die. So I right. kind of, I kind of want to give them credit for that. And <laughs> he gives him the pennant stare and it's, it's so cheesy. I, the pennant stare, like the whole way that they do that is so like nineties, like the, oh, the frames is. of them shooting over like the CGI fire. It works. Yep. I love it, but <laughs> it, it, it reminded me kind of a not lamer, but not as well done version of like in Terminator 2 mm-hmm. when the T-1000 
is like going between all the people it turned into. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. And obviously different tonal, tonally. Of course. But he defeats him and he like falls to the ground with the ashen eyes and like nice little touch there. And then Mephisto shows up and he's like, hey, like, thanks. Great job. Uh, You can go live your life now. And I'll put this curse on somebody else. He's like, nah, I'm going to hold on to this and make this my burden and I'm going to fight you. And the guy's like, and then he leaves. (laughs) It's like the best way. Like, obviously, he does a much better job of emoting than I just did. But (laughs) I'm I'm trying to, like, sum up into words. He just gets super mad. And he's like, I will. He's like, you'll pay for this, basically. Yeah. And he rides off. And then Roxanne does not leave Johnny. Number one. She's like, yeah, so you're the bounty hunter ghostwriter werewolf of the devil but you're a superhero and you're gonna do the right thing that's kind of cool yeah and stays with him and i was like oh i did not see that coming but like i i feel like no i mean it it does follow the happy ending of like things are gonna work out even if they're not perfect which it's still a superhero movie i gotta remind myself that sometimes like yep you still gotta follow the the general beats of storytelling and they do so he's like all right i'm gonna go you know, he's changed from being like a man with a death wish who doesn't really care. He just wants to be rid of it to like, well, I'm going to actually use it to do good. And we get the that best ending scene with <laughs> Nicolas Cage trying to do a trying to do his best impression of the rock with the raised eyebrow. And it's actually not bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, to his credit, he to the, to did better than I give him credit to the man's credit. It's actually not bad. And then he turns into the ghost rider who like would have an eyebrow up if you know it wasn't a flaming skull so (laughs) i they do that whole like that's such a weird thing like that was such like a mid 2000 superhero thing and they did it in aquaman recently which i loved even though it's cheesy because like it it was a nice way of like you know it's still aquaman we're having fun but like it reminded me of that because i was like oh i've seen this recently but this movie obviously is 11 years its senior so right well it reminds me of it's like they're trying to recreate that moment from the first Superman movie mm-hmm. uh, in the 70s where he flies off kind of like towards the camera and winks. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, they're, they're they're trying to recreate that. And it's like, dude, that worked for Superman because he's the big blue Boy Scout. Exactly. Ghost Rider wouldn't do that. Ghost Rider would not do that. Ghost Rider would. I, I feel like a more like, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's fun. But no, I know, but I, like I, I could have wished that he like he shows up and he like if they had more budget for it, to be fair, to be fair to them, if they'd had more budget for it, they could have had like a bank robbery or like there's some big crime going down. And then Nicolas Cage storms and in, turns into the Ghost Rider and whips off the chain. That would have been a really cool ending. I would have been so down. with yeah, that. To, to show him like still, you know, like doing exactly what he promised of he would keep finding like basically fighting crime and all of that. That would, yeah, like that would have been cool, but I can also appreciate the ending that they had here just because it's such a product of its time. And yep. <laughs> so I just, Oh, this movie is amazing. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. If you haven't noticed from us talking about it. One, one of the reasons I kind of like, cause I saw it on Netflix and I was like, I need to watch this now. I've seen this movie. I need to watch it again. The thing about Ghost Rider, 
is that it's not like it's not going to win an Academy Award. And they set out to make a movie that contained a lot of the spirit of it. Well, it's being it's weird because it's stuck in limbo. You have a movie that's trying to be Ghost Rider, but it's also trying to be a mid 2000s superhero movie. So they're throwing everything. It's everything in the kitchen sink and they're trying to make something stick. And if it works, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There's a lot of genuine love and effort that goes into it. I mean, that's fair, right? Right. (laughs) No, no, like it. Look, there's a reason why I didn't immediately. It was just like, no, yeah, because I did enjoy. I I do enjoy the movie. It's just, it's the perfect. I, if you okay, if you ever see a critic or maybe like a friend or whomever when they're describing a movie and they tell you they don't the movie didn't know what it wanted to be it's ghostwriter and that sounds like a confusing thing <laughs> to say like what does that mean this movie is a perfect example of what that looks like this is the litmus test for like if you want to know what we're talking about watch this movie and you'll go oh, oh. yeah <laughs> it, it was trying to like it was trying to find a way to ride in two separate lanes at the same time and you can't yeah it, it's not like I don't I can't think of a single movie like there's movies that blend genres, but you can't really blend tones without them all like it has to be consistent. Otherwise, it's just going to be jarring. And oh, yeah. this movie somehow manages to have both, but it's consistent in its inconsistency. That's the best way to describe it. It's. I, I feel like a lot of for a lot of people who are watching this, it's going to be easy for people to watch this movie and go. It's bad, but that's not fair. Like, it's not (laughs) fair to just say, like, oh, this is a bad movie. Like, a lot of people worked really hard on this. And, you know, when we're talking about this movie, like, my job is not to make fun of the movie. Like, we can laugh at some of the stuff that doesn't work. We can laugh at the things that we're like, wow, that's, you know, I, I can't believe that's in there. But we're still filmmakers and artists at heart. So, like, part of the fun of this podcast and about talking about this movie is finding the stuff that does work and finding things that make this movie what it is. And like, why is it the way that it is? But yeah, I I love this movie, even though it's not, you know, like it's kind of like how Friday the 13th, like became self-aware and started just making movies that played to like what they felt people wanted to see, which was, you're not here for the plot. You're here for Jason to kill people. And that's the fun of it because Halloween, like if Halloween is the movie where it's like this character based, slasher movie that kind of defined the genre like it may not have been the first one but it definitely defined what it really could like the peaks that it could reach to and then friday the 13th was like we're gonna have a lot more fun with this you don't have to think too hard about this it's there. there's a place for all of these movies in cinema and it's easy for people to trash on this and to pretentiously approach it as like oh this is garbage and i don't agree with that assessment is it a perfect movie? I mean, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't all need you gotta to do is look that. at all you gotta do is look at the uh reception it had. Mm-hmm. It it does not have a good reception from critics or fans. No. Even as a kid, I was like, mm. uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually I'm looking right now on the on the wiki mm-hmm. and there's a guy from uh the LA Times or no uh, from the New York Times that said for a comic book with a rebel spirit, the adaptation feels obediently conventional. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they're saying like, he's more funny than frightening. Like a lot of the things that we've talked about tone and like some of them even like kind of like criticize the, the CGI and like the special effects, which I mean, it's not all perfect. It's definitely in its infancy. It looks better than some other movies, like even movies that I've seen now, but (laughs) they, I, I would love to see more of this character. And I think that was for a lot of people. They wanted to see something a little because it's different from the comics because instead of being like a hard drinking and smoking badass, which is literally the definition of Johnny Blaze, he Nicolas Cage chose to portray him as something else. And right. a lot of people may have been upset with that. And it's just the movie. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. You have to watch it. And some people will love this movie while acknowledging that it's not amazing and they'll find the joy out of loving, loving this piece of cinema for what it is. Other people will just go, I don't like it. It's stupid. And if that's you, then you know that, that that's how you're going to approach it. That's fine. But I had a lot of fun talking about this today, Caleb. And in, in conclusion, I would recommend this movie to you. If you're looking for something fun to watch, even if you just want to have a good time, it's worth a shot because you may actually like it more than you realize. As long as you go into it, knowing what you're getting into. I would definitely suggest watch it with friends mm-hmm. uh, just to have a good time. You're not going to watch it to have like your moral foundation questioned and give yeah. you an existential crisis. It's not that <laughs> yeah. like it, it just watch it to have a good time. You're going to laugh at points that were clearly not meant for comedy just get ready for that as we've made very clear in our breakdown here, but just like it, I don't know, not, it's not popcorn movie, but it's definitely like a, just something to watch when you're with friends. That's just a goofy movie. If you're looking for something different, you can talk over it, not miss anything. It's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. That might be the best way to put it. Like literally, if you just need something playing in the background while you're playing a game or whatever, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Cause it's one of those things of like, it's so radically different from, as we pointed out with the MCU starting literally the next year. It's crazy. It's so interesting (laughs) looking at like this. And then almost a year later, Iron Man, if anything, watch those movies back to back, just so you can get a feel for how, like how drastically the entire landscape of superhero cinema changed. But uh, thank you guys for joining us on this episode. This has been a lot of fun to talk about. I love the ghost rider character. I love this movie for various different reasons. And it's on Netflix. So if you guys have Netflix and you want to watch it, go ahead and watch it there. I'm pretty sure it's on Blu-ray. If you guys want to get the Blu-ray copy of it, you know, anywhere out there. But this has been so much fun. Just a reminder, we're available on all available platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. You can't hide from us. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, once again, I'm Austin Cook. And I am Kayla McLemore. We are the Internet World Order, and we will see you guys soon. See you guys.